Hi friends, it's Kayla Moran. Welcome back to the Let's Get Candid podcast. Happy Thursday. Hope everyone is having a great day. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever day or time it is that you're listening. So happy to be back with you guys as always. And what a day today has been. I'm going to dive right in because I don't want this intro to be too long. And honestly, I am tongue-tied right now. But I literally started my day by putting my makeup on in the car on the way to work with my dad because I was going to be in federal court today and I can't practice in federal court. I'm not admitted to practice in federal court, but it was really nice to be third chair and learn a lot from the judge and be a part of the case and just soak it all in. The courthouse was super nice and honestly, it was really nice to just change it up and get out of the house, get out of the office and put my suit on, which ironically doesn't fit. Because although my size hasn't changed, I don't know. It just didn't fit. My pants were huge on me and it was really weird. I just felt so uncomfortable being in my suit. Although sometimes I really enjoy getting all dressed up and being a lawyer. So I don't know. That was weird. But it was really nice to be in federal court and experience that. And this morning was also great because I announced my law firm and I officially opened the doors on social media to my law firm, Kayla Moran Law, where I'll be practicing trademark and contract law specifically for creators and entrepreneurs in the creator economy. So influencers, creators, podcast hosts, anything like that. If you have a newsletter, if you built a course to teach people how to do something, this is for you. I'm here to help you. I want to help you legally protect your business through trademarks, copyrights, and contracts. And if I can't help you, I will refer to someone, refer you to someone who can. But yeah, it felt really great to announce that. And I just did a little bit of some stories on Instagram to chat about that and the reception and just go check out my Instagram stories as you're listening. And if not, I will put them in a highlight so you can see if it's been over the 24 hours, but it just, it felt really good to finally put it out there because I've been hinting at this for such a long time and it just felt like it was my calling. Like I I was meant to do this and everybody that I've talked to about it has been encouraging and supportive and helpful and wanting to be a part of it with me in the last few months. And this was not originally what I set out to do when I graduated from law school, when I took the bar exam, when I found out I passed the bar exam This was not the plan and it kind of just happened, but I knew that it was right and I leaned into it and I'm really glad I did. And like Lauren Bostick always says, launch fast and adjust. So that is what I'm doing. I'm launching and I will adjust as I need to, but she's here and I'm so excited to finally share this with you guys because like posting today was a calling, this career path was a calling, you know? I have always wanted to be a lawyer since I was a child, but as I got older and I got into social media, as we all did, I started blogging and sharing it online because I felt connected to people that way and people were interested in what I was talking about and I felt like I found my community. I can talk to people that got it or that were interested in what I was doing and connect with them and share with them and commiserate and it felt really good to be a part of the old school blogger community and you know there were so many iterations youtube at some point i had one and then i thought about doing it again now podcast tiktok and 
true to myself. You know, I've kept my blog and I was sharing online, sharing my lifestyle with you, sharing what was really going on behind the scenes behind law school and now my life as a lawyer and sharing wellness tips and because that's a big part of my life and finances and entrepreneurship and the struggles, the emotional journey behind it as Scout Sobel, former guest of the show, talked about being an emotional entrepreneur. That is her brand and she has a great book all about that and a great podcast all about that. If you are an entrepreneur, go check her out and check out her episode on the show. But, you know, getting into being an emotional entrepreneur myself and sharing that with you guys. And I just knew that I wanted to combine that with being a lawyer. I wanted to find a way to still do both. I didn't want to lose my identity and only limit myself to want either lawyer or influencer or creator or blogger or whatever term you want to use. I wanted to say I was both and not feel weird about it and not have people think of me as weird for it. And, you know, it came to me in 2021. I was a 2L in law school and I realized that I could literally combine the two by being a lawyer for creators and people in the creator economy. And when I told my professor that, he was like, I don't know what that looks like, but I'm going to help you figure it out because I think that's really cool. And we did. We figured it out trademarks and I've known about trademarks since that spring and I worked on them a little bit in clinic and then I met my friend Berkeley who has become a great mentor to me and she has carried me under her wing and helped me so much along the way and then she introduced me to Sonia Lakani who is the trademark lawyer lady and she has a course that teaches you all about how to do trademarks as an attorney and I've learned so much in the last four months from just knowing that this is where I was meant to go and leaning into it and here I am announcing it and it feels really, really good and all the love and support, clients reaching out to me, excited to work with me, interested in the service that I offer, loving the fact that I am both a creator and an attorney and how I can use my skills as both to best guide my clients. That is my selling point and you know, people are seeing that from day one since before day one, my friends have encouraged this and clients are seeing it. And, you know, my family has been super supportive and really helpful in just getting it all set up, you know, the bank accounts and loaning me money for the courses and helping me figure out what credit cards to get for my business and what banks to go with and, you know, how to structure all of this legally and, you know, just the emotional support behind it too. The amount of breakdowns that I've had to my family, to my friends, but all along they know that this is what I meant to do and they are supporting me along the way, good, bad, and ugly, and I, I couldn't do it without them. So to finally share it and get the love that I have, I'm really, really excited, really, really excited to see where it goes. And there's so much in the works. So if you are interested in any of this, or want to know more about what a trademark is, what the difference between trademarking and LLC, patents, copyrights, what you can trademark, all of the things. Let me know, DM me, email me, leave a comment, leave a review so I can create content that you want to see that helps explain all of this to make it easy for you guys because I want to help you. Ultimately, my goal is to help you. That is why I became an entrepreneur because I had a calling to help people with the skills that I have and that I can bring to the table and that is what I'm doing. And I want to be there for you guys the way that I help you on this podcast every single week. 
by inspiring you and encouraging you and uplifting you and commiserating with you, sharing that I am figuring it out alongside you and we've got this and we're all in it together. And that's what this is all about too. I'm in it with you. I am, you know, I'm your attorney and I'm here for you and I want to help you and I want you to get the best representation and legal protection that you can possibly get. And I just, I'm so excited. So thank you guys so much. And I will get off my soapbox now because the podcast isn't about me. I love these intros because I get to share my life with you guys and update you and talk to you guys. But ultimately, the podcast is about the guest and sharing their story and their life and helping them share their story so they can inspire you guys and us just having a candid chat and kicking back and having a good time. So before I introduce this week's guest, I'll do my quick suck and sweet of the week and then we'll dive right in. So my suck of the week is that, you know, last week I was literally down in the dumps. I was like, nothing is going to work out. I don't know what I'm doing. Like, this isn't right for me. I'm stressed. I'm overwhelmed. I'm overworked. I don't know what's going on. Is this right? What am I doing? And then like magic, I took a, I took a beat. Sunday, I took off. I just did absolutely nothing. It felt so good. You know, I tanned. I got some sunshine. I went to the grocery store with my parents and just reset for the week. Oh, I hiccup there. We reset for the week and I woke up revitalized and energized on Monday and was just ready to dive in with my chin held high. And I was like, you know what? I know exactly what I'm doing. I am on it. I am on the right path and I know exactly what I'm doing and this is going to work out. I just got to keep going. Baby steps. And I'm on the right path. Everything will work out the way that it's meant to. I'm the luckiest girl in the world to have the opportunities that I do and everything that I want wants me back and it is coming for me and coming for me tenfold and it will be okay. And, you know... I'm glad lucky girl syndrome is a thing because I needed that boost of confidence, you know, but truly like, you know, that my suck was just that like, it's so easy for me to ride the waves of the emotional roller coaster and get down in the dumps. But the sweet is that I picked myself right back up. I let myself feel it. I had my moment and I just surrounded myself with encouragement and uplift, uplifting messages from the creation the creators that I follow on social media and also my friends and family and taking a moment for myself and just getting some sunshine truly sunshine is so underrated that was my sweet honestly Sunday just sitting back and relaxing in the sunshine and taking a moment for me it was revitalizing it was exactly what I needed and I woke up ready to go this week and I've been on all cylinders I mean today was rough after we got back from court definitely was firing on all cylinders as a lawyer in personal injury and just go, 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 trying to get settlements done and talking to opposing counsel and reviewing documents that need to be filed, discovery, blah, blah, blah. And I made a couple mistakes, but I fixed them right back up. And I came home to chat with you guys because, you know, that's the beauty of just taking a breather and recognizing that we're going to mess up, but we just keep moving forward. That was a big lesson I learned today in court, and, you know, that's exactly what I did. I I didn't wallow in a bad moment last week. I took it as fuel, and here I am. So that's a long-winded way of saying, you know, 
had a moment, but I fixed it, and that was ended up being my sweet of the week. And if you guys like this episode, please leave a rating and review. Please subscribe to the show. It means the absolute world to me. And I would love it if you would share with a friend, screenshot, and tag us as you're listening. And let me know what you want to hear on the podcast, who you want to hear from, what topics you want me to cover. And yeah, let's dive right in. This week's guest is Carol. And she is an actress, a model, and she is super knowledgeable on human design. And she reads people's human design charts for a living and it was really cool to get a deep dive on my human design chart because you know we've talked about it a lot and I talk about it in the episodes I won't give it away but I've learned so much about myself in the last couple of years and I'm so much more in tune with myself and that's what human design is all about and you hear me just fall in love with it so much more in this episode and it was really cool to chat about it with her and I hope you guys go book her to have your human design chart read and if you don't know what it is, definitely check this episode out so you can learn more about it and her life as a model and how wellness and mental health has really changed her life. And honestly, it was a really fun episode. We had such a great time chatting and I'm so excited for you guys to listen. So again, thank you guys so much for listening. I will talk to you guys all next week. Meet Kara. So Kara, what's something that people wouldn't know about you just from following you? That is kind of, that's a good question. I think that I can tend to look on my Instagram particularly like I put a lot of beautiful images of photography and just beautifully curated things out there. You know, in it was difficult for me for a really long time to open up on Instagram to kind of like pour my heart how people used to do that a lot more not so much anymore but like I think that people have the perception that my life is either curated perfectly or that I am this kind of outgoing sort of person that travels all the time and is everywhere all the time and that's not the truth I am when I was a kid I was painfully shy but I always when I would get on the stage I was not shy I was able to perform but in a party situation in a social situation growing up I was super shy and that has carried with me somewhat into my adult life but it's gotten way better so I think that's kind of something for sure yeah that's interesting so good segue how did you go from being painfully shy, but still liking performing? Like, and you were a model or an actress, you lived out in LA, you were doing the Hollywood thing, like, and now, and now you're doing more like photography and art and wellness. And we'll get to that in a little bit, but how did a painfully shy kid, an only child become like, not, I mean, I don't know how outgoing you have to be to do like modeling and acting. Cause I guess yeah. that, that's a persona. It's a character, but right. how did you get into that? I think I actually ask myself this question a lot of the time because you know we have all these home movies from when I was a kid and every time I'm with my parents and the outgoing I'm singing I'm dancing I'm a character and I always was that way I would play a lot of the time on the playground by myself growing up and I'd play out characters for like two days I would create it in my head I'd create the world so I was always an actor at heart, I feel like it almost felt like when I was able to start performing in front of crowds of people, it would light me up inside in a way that was, it just felt so authentically me and it felt just different than going to a party or meeting people and like having yourself almost on display, right? I could slip into this character and pretend for a while and that was fun to me. 
So it's this kind of odd dichotomy, but you know, acting is still my passion and still pursuing it, but I think it's two different things, but it's kind of one and the same. No, I'm the same way. I'm not. I was able then as I got older to be like, yeah. Yeah. I'm not, I wouldn't say that I'm a shy person, but I'm definitely like, I don't know. I'm picky with like how I want to spend my energy. And I, and maybe it did come across as shy or probably bitchy growing up, but it's like, and I, it's funny. I'm like the perfect mix of my dad, my, my parents, both my parents, my mom is very outgoing and like, likes to talk to people and like very, like she'll talk to anyone. And like, I can, I can talk to the wall, but like, I have to be in the mood to talk to the wall, Same. like to be like outgoing and like fun. And like, I, and other times I'm like, I'm standing there. I'm like, I don't want to talk to anybody. Like I'll be out. And I'm like, I don't feel like being social. Like I don't want to be here. So I'm the same way. And as many people are like, you have to be really confident and outgoing to be on Instagram and putting your life out there. And it's like, yes and no, because it's an escape. It's like, and and, and it goes, so we were talking about off air, like this persona, this character, like everyone is, I'm glad that Instagram is going back towards authenticity and like actual genuine people because it it was a character. Like it's, yeah, it's your, it's your life, but you're, you're putting it out there how you want to put it out there. And like, you're not genuinely showing who you really are. Right. I think when Instagram came out and influencers started to become a thing, everyone just took that as reality because up until that point, Instagram had been your friends or family members or whatever posting. So when these influencers started coming in, we took everything they did as truth and reality. And now everyone's kind of taking a step back and realizing that the whole time it was almost like we, like we watch movies, right? It was curated content it's curated content and it isn't reality and we took it as reality like right off the bat and I think that's what has messed up with people's perception of others and more importantly themselves yeah I mean like we were talking about it used to be movies and magazines and now it's Instagram and right there's you know there's a time and a place for it like it was it's still beautiful. I still enjoy watching the very curated content, but I like mixing in the not so curated content because it's, there's still people too. And it's showing that. And it's showing that, you know, you can have the part of you that wants to have it all together and put that out there, but then it's okay to also have the side of you that no one sees. And that's part of why having a podcast has been really helpful for me personally, but also really important because people my age, you know, 24 post like, you know, young adulthood, getting out of college, going into their career for the first time, first job, moving out on their own for the first time, you know, Mm -hmm. all of that. It's like, it's this period of self-discovery and it's important to show that we don't have it all together. And that even people who think you think that they do don't, and having those conversations to be able to show that. So, you know, what was it really like, like the, the, the dirty details of living in Hollywood? We were talking about that a little bit off air. Like, what was it like going, you know, was it, was it what you thought it was going to be when you were little and you first moved out there? And what was it really like living in Hollywood as a model and an actress? So, you know, I think that there is good and bad to every situation you that is going to shape how you perceive the environment right so like for example the first time I went to Los Angeles when I was 14 years old it was the best time ever right it was like 
this is where I want to be. This is like the dream world, right? This is everything I ever dreamt of. I want to live here. I went back again when I was about 18, loved it again because it was still kind of for leisure and it was fun. And I explored it though. I was taking it seriously at the same time. And then I moved there at 21 and that was just like being thrown right in. That was a huge culture shock for me growing up an only child. I never had that experience before. So that was a lot to take in initially. And I had these blinders on because I was so passionate about what I was doing and my goal there that I really did not take time to assess how I was actually feeling. I was just like a nonstop train, right? going to all the agencies I could, meeting with them, any casting I'd say yes to, any shoot just to get my face out there. And then it all kind of came to a screeching halt when I I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's hypothyroidism when I was like 14. And then when you don't take care of yourself with that and the stress gets turned up, you'll have like an autoimmune flare up. So I was just feeling worse and worse. I was not feeling good at all. I was so tired. I was just running myself into the ground. I was running my nervous system into the ground and it had to hit rock bottom before I could realize it because I wouldn't have stopped. And so from there is then when the healing began for me. And in terms of like dirty details, I guess, I guess you can just get so, for me personally, I felt a suppression of my voice because I was always trying to be things for other people. I wanted my agency to like me. I wanted people I met to like me. I wanted to get booked for the job. It is such a personal thing that you have to have really thick skin because you feel like people are constantly judging you just for being you, right? It's not other anything other than like a skill set or if you have another job it's like well they have these abilities or they know how to do this or work this software but this person doesn't so they get the job right when you're in the world of acting and modeling you really if you're not careful you can take it personally right like oh they just don't like me and so you start becoming almost you feel like for a little while I felt like a puppet for other people you know like they want to change my hair color you know I have to do this maybe if I act this way next time because you just want you want to get the job and when COVID happened is when I I always have had a very strong sense of self and it was really hard for me to let go of control because I always had a vision in my head of how I saw my career, the choices I wanted to make with it, the shoots I wanted to do. So, you know, that was difficult to let go of control with being with agencies and stuff like that for me personally. And because when you're a creative person, you kind of, you know, I liked creative directing my own shoots and I didn't always have the ability to do that. It's like, be quiet. You're the model. Don't talk you know, just do what your job is. So that's always been difficult. But that's the one thing that I would say has, has been in overall, the entertainment industry for me is giving up that sense of control, and how you can lose yourself in the sea of what you think other people want you to be. It's so funny that you're saying that from the lens of an inter- the entertainment industry, because that's kind of how law school is for me. And I've talked about this before. I also have a big fear of losing control. And I was never that little girl who like planned out the wedding and planned out like, you know, Mrs. Whatever and like had my life planned out 2.5 kids, a dog, a house, white picket fence. I was never that kid. But 
I know what I want and I and I've always known what I wanted deep down mm-hmm. so it, it was really hard for me to reconcile that vision for my life and when I got to the stepping stone that would get me there it wasn't what I wanted anymore and like shedding like all of those like goals and dreams that I had as a kid and this vision for my life really going back to zero like you know blank slate and figuring like okay what what do I like what do I want what right you know who am I what voice do I have do I even like you know can I use my voice and law school it's they put a lot of pressure on you very similar to what you were saying of like you know this is the type of job you want these are the type of firms you want this is like what you got to do to get there these are the people you date these are the people you mm-hmm. hang out with. these are the events you go to like there's there's a recipe that has worked and does work for people mm-hmm. but it doesn't work for everyone and you have to no. you know and it's okay that you know you can still get to where you want to be if it without using that recipe but it's going to be a lot harder so you have to recognize is that really what you want what are you willing to do to get there and it and I, it took me quite a long time in law school to you know I I from the minute I walked in, I knew this wasn't what I wanted, but it didn't take, it took me until COVID seven, eight months later to really be like, oh, okay. Like I, I don't need to do that. Let me start looking for other ways to get what I want right. and maybe what I want changed. And I've talked about this. There's a previous episode. It's a solo episode, finding your why and focusing on the bigger picture and how I, how I do that. And it was kind of like, I had to, you know, the why changed, mm-hmm. but there was always a why. Mm-hmm. And in at, at some level, it's it's similar. It hasn't changed that mm-hmm. much, but the way I go about getting there and doing it and pursuing that why has changed and that's okay. But there has to be a reason why you do what you do, whether it's law school, acting, medical school, whatever, you know, yeah. you have, to, there's a, you have to have a reason why you're doing everything you're doing. Or if you know, if you stand for nothing, you'll fall for anything. It's that kind of concept. Like you need to have a guide, a guidepost to help right. you get there. Well, yeah. Well, to piggyback off what you said, like, I always say that your five-year-old self is the wisest version of you there ever is because it is before the conditioning. It's before anyone got in your way, any other intrusions, intrusive thoughts got in your, got in your way. You were a free human, little human being. You knew what you wanted. You knew what you didn't want. You had your dreams. You pretended all the time. You knew the things you liked. You can see like little kids have such little distinct personalities. They know who they are. Right. And somewhere along the way that gets muddied. Right. So when I stripped all of that back and I asked myself, what would five-year-old Kara want? What would she do in the situation? What did she like to do? And I went out and I did the things that I used to do as a little kid, which was either like, you know, just having more fun, which was either just going to take photos, like of random things, of beautiful things I'd see in nature, just doing things that didn't really, I was so tied to always doing something with intention that had like this end goal in mind and not just doing things because, I don't know, they made me happy. They were creative, right? And as I started doing those little things again was how I found my love for what I do and to enjoy and, and, and find myself again. And it was all right there. It was already right there for me. It was who I was. I just had to peel back the layers of the conditioning. Yeah. And that's kind of the work we're all in. And COVID taught us that. We were talking about this off air too. Like, you know, 
COVID really allowed us the time to reevaluate everything mm-hmm. and take a step back and look inward and realize like who we are and do we want to be that person or what can we change? What do we want to change? How do we go about doing the work to get to where we want to be if we're not who we want to be? And it's so funny while we were just talking about there's like three movies or TV shows that kind of popped into my head. So if you're free and have the time to watch. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, for anyone listening to, I don't know if you, so Partner Track, it just came out on Netflix. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's like okay. the big law, yeah. New York City big law lawyer. She's the first, like she's an Asian American in a big law firm in New York City and she's on the partner track and she's at her sixth year. And that's usually like the first time you can make partner. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, all about basically the, the theme of the show is like, what is she willing to lose or gain to get to, to make it to partner? Mm-hmm. And she, she's also Asian American. It's never been done. Like it's diversity and inclusion, you know, it, it's, it, right. there's a lot of undercurrents going on, but it was just, you know, she lost a lot of who she thought she was. She, she compromised herself to get where she wanted to go. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, she has to realize like, was it really worth it? Am I proud of who I am now just mm-hmm. to get that, that title? Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of great things that come with that title, but what are you giving up to have that right. title? And so it's kind of like what we were talking about. And then the other one about the inner child, like you're, so I've been hearing a lot about the inner child and the inner child and like, what would your inner child do? Talk to your inner child. You know, that's your, that's who you really are at your core. And I never thought of it in the sense of like a specific age. And mm-hmm. I, because of the conditioning, because of the trauma, I don't remember my childhood. There's a very large part of my child that I do not remember. And I see pictures and I can like vaguely remember like that moment, mm-hmm. that memory, but I can't tell you, like, I don't know what five-year-old me yeah. wanted or liked. I have no idea. Right. And so now that's something that I want to think about, but there was this movie, I watched it a couple of days ago with my parents, The Ultimate Gift, and it's an older movie. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've heard of it or seen it. So basically like his inheritance is, it's to get, the ultimate gift is ultimately his inheritance, but his grandfather won't give it to him without him. He has to do 12 tasks in a year to be able to get the ultimate gift. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't even know what's at the end of the line. Like it could be nothing and it could be a lot yeah. of things. He has no idea, yeah. but he has to, at first he like really doesn't want to do it. And he's like, thinks this is stupid. Like give me my money or I'm leaving. And he does the first one and he like, doesn't want to do it. And he hates it, but he's like, okay, like mm-hmm. actually like, there is value in this. Like, I want to keep going. I want to see what else is left. So I, you know, I want right. to see what's at the end of the, 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 the year. And one of them is the grandfather's like, I want you to make a, re- a genuine friend. Cause yeah, like you're a rich mm-hmm. party boy. All your friends care about you because of the money and the parties and the girls and like what you can give them and the lifestyle that you live. But once you take all the way, you're take he, the, the grand, he, you know, he was stripped of everything, his apartment, his car, he was broke, literally broke. And he had to do all these 12 tasks and like he would get certain things along the way to help him like get his life back on track, but a new life. And one of them was make a real friend. Yeah. And his real friends ends up being like a six or seven year old girl who's terminally ill. Oh. And she ends up passing away, but it, it made it, it touched him in deeper ways. And like he, right. he does something really great with it. But like it's like she she knew who she was like she was like seven and she okay. knew who she was and she was unapologetically herself unafraid to be herself and right. it just I, I me and my dad were laughing because they reminded us so much of who I used to be 
but I lost mm-hmm. that girl along the way. And we all yeah. do. We all lose that girl that we were, or that kid that we were. Mm-hmm. And it's really cool. Like she's just such a spitfire and she's, she unfortunately doesn't get to become an adult, but you know, she touches his life and really like it, it impacts him in a really deep way. So I highly recommend watching this movie. There's so many great takeaways, yeah. but just like, great. it's cool that you, like you brought that up and I just thought right. of that, that little girl. And I was like, and I, I didn't re I didn't, it didn't hit me until now thinking about it. I was like, that was a mm-hmm. lot of who I was. And I lost that girl. And I'm yeah. just now putting that well, I think, back together. Right. And I think how you said your why, never losing sight of the why. So like, I had to ask myself, okay, why did five-year-old me want to be an actor? Because I always knew I wanted to do that. Why did back then did she want to do it? And it was because I loved life. I loved experiencing different characters. I loved having fun, period. And as I got older, I wanted to continue to be an actor because I saw the power that cinema had, the impact, just like the movie you just talked about, the impact it had on you. I saw how it could change people's lives, how it could change their minds, how they could escape for a little while and go into another world. And I wanted to be a part of that. That was my why. I wanted to be a vehicle for communication for different individuals to speak through the camera, to speak on stage, to help people, to help the collective, to change their mind. And Because movies were always the thing I would go to. I loved movies as a kid to escape and just to learn something new. And I wanted to be a part of that. That was my why. And when I remembered that, after all of the BS that I was going through, it's like, oh, okay, you get this like fire again. This is my why. This is who I am. Everything else doesn't matter. It's all, it's not even there. It doesn't exist to me as long as I know my why. Yeah. I'm clear on that. Yeah. And then the other, yeah, I, for me, the escape has always been books. I, I like movies yeah. and TV too, but I love to read. Mm-hmm. And I'm really excited that now I don't have to read cases all day because I can generally <laughs> just read books for fun and I'm really right. excited but it at my escape was books and I would imagine that I was the character in the book mm-hmm. and that was mm-hmm. my life for that what however long yeah. it took me to read and I, I loved it so it's funny that movies was your escape books was mine but that little girl like it just looking back it reminds me so much of who I am mm-hmm. and who who I who I am deep down my inner child and who I used to be and like we were talking about like shyness earlier at the beginning like I wasn't shy as a kid I talked to the I talked to anybody and and I only spoke Spanish as a kid I didn't speak English yet yeah and I just I like I like you know wanted to go talk to everybody I was nosy little kid but like I wasn't even being nosy I was just curious and I've always been curious but the world was the one that told me that I couldn't be and that I shouldn't be and it wasn't till law school that I really was like you know what? I'm just going to, you know, I, I want to be those things again. I, I, that is still who I am deep down and I'm going to go, I'm going to work backwards to get there. And so the podcast was kind of my avenue of, you know, bringing back that curiosity and talking to people again, that I wouldn't have the opportunity to talk to without zoom. Um, yeah. and then, so that was really cool that we, we brought that up, but then the other show that I, the show that I was watching last night, all American, the football, like CW show, and it was episode, season three, episode 14 or 15. I don't know, one of the two. And I'm still behind on the show. But basically, it's a college recruiter tells him this. And then 
he ends up telling his team this at like at like at halftime they're losing they're down by a lot and he comes and tells them like football used to be fun why don't we just instead of for college and to make it to the pros and like the like why don't we just play for fun mm-hmm. let's play like we like we used to when we were kids and they won by and yeah. they ended up coming back and winning because they were just playing for fun yeah. and we forget that like the you know with sports with acting with whatever creativity like we forget that the reason we got into the things that we were into now is because they were hobbies they were interests of ours when we were kids we thought it was cool you know it was yeah fun. We, we wanted to do it like it was enjoyable it was, ex- it was exciting and it was something to like come home at the end of the day and like talk to your parents about yeah. and show them what you did at school right so why don't we go back to doing things for fun and I'm really glad that you know, that kind of like instant gratification curation is going away because we're doing things because they genuinely matter and they mean something to us now and mm-hmm. because it's fun again. So right. I, I don't know. It's funny that we like, we're talking about this. And like, those are the three like yeah movies or TV shows that came up and it's like all has like undercurrents. And like that to me is why I've always liked reading. And I, I've always liked movies and TV too, because mm-hmm. I love to really like unpack, like, you know, and and really I lo- I don't I, I'm the worst like, I can't just sit and enjoy a movie I'm like googling like the production and like right. you know the casting like I'm curious right. like about how it came to be because right. I see myself a lot in the character and I'm like I want to know more like give me the like I, I I never really wanted to be in Hollywood in that sense but like I think it would be really cool one day to just be on set and like see how it comes together and it's, there's a yeah there's a it's amazing <laughs> I, I I I'm a nerd I love that stuff yeah. And there's a series, a book series by Jillian Dodd called The Key and Chronicles. And if you read for fun, I think you might like this. She is the daughter of like America's sweetheart. And she, there's a stalker involved and it's basically Pretty Little Liars meets Gossip Girl set at a boarding school. And like, okay. she has to unpack who she thought she was the Hollywood persona of hers. And like, she's fighting for her life and her family's life, but she's also fighting to figure out who is she really deep down? But she also, because she's America's, the daughter of America's sweetheart and she loves Hollywood, she wants to be an actress. And she's like afraid to be an actress because she doesn't want to let her mom down. But Mm -hmm. she wants to have her own career on her own terms, not because her mom is who her mom is. And like, she's like, there's so much self-discovery, but it's also showing the behind the scenes of like Hollywood and Mm -hmm. the PR machine and like all of that. And like, the way her monologue to herself is scripts. She writes scripts. Like, so how you, mm-hmm. we were talking about author, like you like to journal and like for me, the podcast and you have your own podcast yeah. now too. Like for her, it's scripts. She writes right. everything, how she plans out her life, how she manifests her life has always been through script writing. And she ends up leaving acting, kind of going part-time acting to start a movie studio and write scripts at the end. Like that's her evolution. But I don't know, it's just really cool. Like I- yeah. that part to me is all I love that series because there's so much to unpack and every time I start going through a hard phase in my life I reread that series and I'm and friends I, with the yeah. author and I tell her all the time I'm like this scene that just happened like that spoke to me in a different way now than it did I when that. I was 15 and I started reading this series 10 years ago it's amazing and it still speaks to me so I think you actually really enjoy it because it's it, there's so much to unpack but it shows like yeah the behind the scenes of Hollywood and the, the, the author has you know she's just done so much research on this that she can write about it but she's never yeah. lived in that world so it's really cool well I definitely feel like too like in terms of like 
going back to acting, it's kind of like what I always found so fascinating with it was like I would get a script for a character that I didn't even feel like I could relate to who maybe wasn't even in my age range, right? And every time I could find something in that character that in some way hit me in a certain way in my life. And through that, I've realized that no matter how different someone else is from you, you are, there is a relatability factor in every single one of us. You can find common ground. You can find something that resonates with each other. And like, that was what I also always found so powerful in that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of that in the series as well. Yeah. I love, I love learning what makes people tick. And it's funny because I was never a psychology, interested in psychology in college. I got a C, like I hated it, but Uh I actually like, I, and I like in the sense of like, I like learning what makes people tick, why people get along, why people don't get along, like, like behaviors and like learned behaviors and all of that. Like that's me so interesting, but I like it from a people aspect, not from a science aspect, which is why I think psychology was never interesting to me is I want to, like I like talking to so many different people and immersing myself in culture when I travel and just getting to know different types of people because we take mm-hmm. something away from every single person that we meet and it yeah. helps us become better versions of ourselves and that to me has been so special about me hosting my own podcast and has helped me grow so much and my right. parents have seen it my friends have seen it and I and I and you know when you listen to other podcasts like you see the evolution in their the host themselves like if you listen for a long period of time because little by little without even realizing that we're picking up from other people Mm -hmm. um but I kind of want to switch to the other side of what you do which is you're very much into wellness and human design so Mm -hmm. you read my chart and I really am curious we were talking about this a little off air but I wonder for anyone who's listening if you've never done it highly recommend but what is human design and how does it differ from astrology? Cause like everyone is like, I'm, I'm into both, but like, you know, they're, they, right. this, it's the same information to get both systems, but like what, what's the difference? And like, what is human design? So basically when you were born, depending on the time you were born, the location you were born, the day you were born, you, we all have a different human design chart and we are all a different type. and basically when you read someone's chart there's a body graph which is amazing and there's different centers in the body graph that are either colored in or they're not colored in there's different gates and channels that's getting into some detail but it's much different than astrology because astrology I want to know more about astrology than I do but like human design for some reason just has resonated with me so much more and it is it is related to it they do talk about that. However, in human design, human design is basically a roadmap. It's like a way in going about your life in your most aligned and flow state. If you learn about your human design and your type, and you kind of consciously make an effort to little by little live more in flow with it, it'll be so easy and your life will become more in flow. And so it's basically like, what if someone gave you at birth, gave your parents this blueprint and like, this is how she is. Like, this is her type and this is how she's going to move through the world. And- it's so funny that you say that because my mom always like, you didn't come with a handbook. I don't know what to deal with you. I'm we, like, well, we, did. we actually did come with a yeah, handbook. Yeah, we did come with a handbook. And I like think back and I'm like, okay, I'm, if I would have 
had this like when I was younger and like knew about it like how would I back against self you know this trust that you're like you can affirm that like this is why I think this way about that or this is how I make decisions and it just so like kind of and it is the way in which you are meant to move through life in your most flow and graceful ease state yeah it's so cool and it's funny like I I like my I'm very much into astrology like I know my big three and like they all make so much sense for me they really do like I look at it and right. I'm like this this makes sense but then I discovered my human design and I was like this makes even more sense and I kind of like looking at both like just to to see like what's what's going on beyond me but that explains right. me um right so can you explain a little bit about the five different types and what the differences are right so there's gen- there's a generator a manifesting generator which is just a like a type of generator basically and then there's projectors and reflectors so basically generators are there i'm a generator you're a manifesting generator and generators are basically like the light in this world that's what i like to think of them as when a generator is doing the things in their life that light them up they naturally draw people into their sphere right and so their strategy is to engage with life by waiting for things to come to them so that they can respond to them on the other hand if they if they have been moving through their life like a manifester does, which is initiating like an action rather than waiting to respond to something, they're going to end up being frustrated and life is going to feel really hard for them. They are the life force of the planet. Basically generators are, and they're designed to know themselves by observing the things that they respond to. And through responding, they will experience a feeling of satisfaction in their life and in their work. So their work is actually their gift to the world. So when I found out that's just the generator type, but when I found out I was a generator, it made so much sense because when I would get up on stage that lit me up inside and performers, they light people up right naturally. So that was like, Oh, that makes sense. You know? And so Manifesting generators kind of are a hybrid of that. So I'll so a manifester is they're on the other hand, they're initiators, right? So their strategy is they're kind of like the leaders. They inform others of their decisions before they take action. And when they can't manifest in peace, they will experience anger. And they're designed to have a powerful impact and basically be initiating mechanisms for the other types. So initiating is their gift to the world, right? So for a manifesting generator, they are a type of generator in that their strategy and authority is the same. So like a generator, they wait for things to come to them so they can respond to, but they have a motor to the throat connection. So it's kind of like a little bit like, more nuanced and detailed, but basically all you have to know is that they kind of have a little bit, I like to think of like extra oomph in that they can initiate and generate. 
Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And then projectors. So they're the guides of the world. Their strategy is to wait for their specific qualities to be recognized and then invited to do things. Through invitation is how they experience recognition and success in their lives. And if they initiate, like if they decide that they want to manifest or initiate something like a manifester does, rather than wait, they will experience a lot of resistance and rejection in their life and they'll just become bitter. So their their job is to wait for an invitation to join the party. You know what I mean? And then reflectors are like only 1% of the population. And they're the discerners, I like to say. Their strategy is to wait. This is kind of like odd, but this is how it is, is to wait a full moon cycle before making any major decisions. And they delight in life surprises. And if they initiate and don't use their strategy, they'll end up disappointed in life. So they're designed to be basically the judges of humanity. And they kind of, all of their centers are undefined. If you look at a reflector's chart and they reflect basically back like the collective of humanity. So they're, their ability to kind of clearly discern is their gift to the world. It's it's the reflectors are really, really interesting to me. No, I think it's so cool. Like I was looking at mine. It said, if I'm not like, what is it? I sent it to you, but hold on. I have to look it up. There was one particular that I was like, this, this is so true. And it, and like, you know, it's, it frustrates other people and it frustrates me sometimes, but it, it looking back and makes so much sense. It's like my authority is my gut. And how I make things happen. Yeah, your sacral, your sacral is your authority. So for me, for example, like I'm a generator and I have an emotional authority, right? So both of our strategy is in the same, is the same, which is responding, um, but our authority is different. So for you, like your sacral authority, like you probably have the ability to like you can start something. And I think you were kind of talking about this, like when you walked into law school and like right away in your gut, you were like, mm, yeah. something does not feel right here. And so you go and you try to tell your parents or someone about that. And they're like, what are you talking about? Like, no, like just give it a minute. And you're like, no, like I know yeah. that something is off, right? Like I need to like switch gears here. And it's like, no, no, no. But like you, you, you know that. So it's important. I always say to any of the types that always follow the strategy and your authority, whatever yours is first, because often what comes right in is our logic. So let's say you feel something in your gut immediately. You're going to try to kind of suppress the gut and be like, that's just a weird feeling I'm having. And you try to logically explain it. We've been taught our whole lives to think from our heads first and not our other parts of ourselves, whether some people feel it in the gut, their heart, their emotions, you know, we think with our head first and logic, there doesn't, there doesn't have to be a reason for the way we feel about something all the time. So try to not think with your head all the time. First, for me, I'm an emotional generator. So a lot of the time through my life, I will go to make a big decision about something. I do have my sacral um, defined as well as you. So I do feel the 
my family told me in the past, like you make a decision on something and then you switch, you switch it because my emotions start to who I am. I'm supposed to ride an emotional wave. And I have a big release of emotion. This thing that I thought was so wrong about me all my life of feeling emotional was just who I was. And I needed to embrace that in order to find clarity. Yeah. It's funny that you say that. Cause for me, like, have you felt that way? Like with your gut, like your sacral a lot? Yeah. No, it's <laughs> exactly what you said about like law school. And I, and I remember like, and, and it's funny cause it's my authority is my gut. And then how I know I'm on the right path is satisfaction. And when I feel that I'm not doing things that are aligned for me, I feel frustration. Mm-hmm. And I've always felt that I was a very emotional person. A lot of people thought that I, you know, I got told all the time, I'm too much. I'm too this. I'm too that. I'm too intense. I'm too passionate. I'm too overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And, and it sucks because it's like, I don't know how to like, though, that's just who I am. Like I can't be, then I can't be myself around you. Then like, you know, like, and I, I always just felt like I never belonged. I was never good enough because right. everyone was telling me I'm all these things and they didn't accept who I was. And so I didn't accept who I was, but it was just that like, I I didn't know it. Now I do that. Like I, I, yeah, logic kicked in and like, I ignored my gut, even though knowing like this wasn't right for me, but then Mm -hmm. I was frustrated because it wasn't working. And I came across very bitchy, very intense, very overwhelming because I was frustrated. And now that I know this, it like looking back, it's a lens of seeing past experiences. And I understand now like why that happened, but and, and I mean, like, you know, we're not too much. We're not to this. We're not to that. We're exactly who we're meant to be. But mm-hmm. it's just, it's nice having a roadmap, like you said, of understanding why I was reacting the way and responding the way that I was and why I was so frustrated. Because right. if I, all I've ever wanted was to feel seen and feel understood and feel like people cared and gave a right. shit about me and mm-hmm. all the t- logic kicked in and I would you know, like avoid, I would, I would focus on the wrong kinds of people because logic said I had to do this. And I was frustrated and I was only hurting myself more. And it ruined my relationships with a lot of people for Mm -hmm. a very long time. And it's hard when other people aren't also doing the work and figuring out these roadmaps and using these tools and systems that we have to help explain us. Right. But I can't just explain to my parents that like, you know, this is why I was frustrated. I know. I always think like how cool it would have been if like when we were kids, like in school, if like they like broke us up into into, like our different types. And like, because I remember as a kid, I was a visual learner. Like I, I was not a textbook learner. If there was like a PowerPoint presentation on the board, like I could, I could retain it. And like, that just is the type of learner I am. So like, I wonder how cool it would be if we did that and taught kids in the way they're meant to learn and perceive the world and information and listen to their themselves and not have just this like, because think about it, how like closed-minded we still are in terms of college and everything, how everything is the same for everyone. And it doesn't work that way. It's just illogical to think that it would either. Yeah. I'm excited for, you know, when like it's funny that we're talking about like you know you actually were born with the blueprint like I'm gonna be that person but like I when my kid born is born like I'm gonna look up their chart both like astrology and human design and like use that to guide me and but it's so true like everyone learns so differently I'm a hands-on learner always have been and Mm -hmm. like I wish yeah we 
people helped us actually learn the way we were meant to. And like, if we did that, which it's, it's hard to do resources. It's very difficult to do that. There's a lot mm-hmm. of kids. It is. But, and there's only usually one teacher. They're already overworked and underpaid, right. but it would be really cool if at least at home, we use those tools to help, help our kids, like help us yeah. help our kids. So I think, you know, I with tell what you're talking about. Yeah. I tell anybody who's like skeptical of it because it sounds like it sounds really unbelievable like when you first hear about it. Yeah. But I tell anybody like just go look up your chart first before you want to talk to me or do a reading or anything. Just like go look up your chart and like read a little bit about it for yourself and you're going to be like, what? What? Like every yeah. person that I've told about it or all my family and everything, it's always so spot on that I can't even – I still can't even believe it myself oftentimes. Yeah, it's so funny. And then like it said, like my ma- how I manifest is specific and it's very true. Yeah, like you're a specific I, manifester. I, I have a note on my phone of like manifesting a certain thing and I have all of these like points. And mm-hmm. I'm, I know I'm not going to hit every single one, like not possible, but like those are like my key. And I have like all of the ones and then I have like my like must haves, like a smaller, of much smaller list. And like- right. It's very detailed. So it's funny. Like people are always like, you're ridiculous. But it's well, like that's just, for example, I didn't realize that's how literally how it's meant to be for me. So yeah, it's funny. well, on the other on the other hand of the coin, like I am a non-specific manifester, but I've gone through my life acting like I was a specific manifester and I've faced a lot of resistance in that. So for example, I'm a very particular person and knowing what I want. And like, that's fine. If you're a non-specific manifester, like you can still know what you want, but it's more about the twists and turns you take to get there. So for example, like you as a specific manifester, it's great for you to make lists and to really map it out and to have a plan and to do all those things. I was doing all that stuff like all my life and I felt frustration about it when I wouldn't really get what I wanted as easy. I was met with resistance. And so when I found out I was a non-specific, I was like, I am supposed to like, I'm supposed to have the vision for what I want and then let go of the reins, right? And let my strategy and authority guide me to what feels good in the moment, you know, like knowing that the thing I want is out there and it's coming to me, but the way I go about getting it is not going to be the path I think it's going to be. And I can't even carve it out myself. I'm not meant to carve it out. So like, for example, when I went to LA, I would always look up the stories of other actors, how they got to where they are. And I'm like, okay, I got a guy, check this box, this box, this box, and this box. And I would like go to the specific places and do the things they did because I thought that's how I get what I want. And now I know I'm not supposed to have a roadmap for it. I'm not supposed to take the conventional path with it. So that's like a really great aha thing about human design too, is you realize like I've actually been living in this way thinking because I like think I have to or I should and like that's not how I'm supposed to manifest something you know it's so it's so cool like it makes just it makes so much sense and the other one that like was really cool to me like I I have no idea what like it says my gift is 11 I don't know what that means but the my personality like three five the great life experimenter and I was reading about that and I was like yep that sounds right you know the great life experimenter because that's what my dad is too 
I want to do my parents. I, I want to do all my friends. And like, just like, I'm, I'm like that person. I'm like, I'm not going to like on a first date be like, when were you playing? I'm not going to ask, <laughs> but like, I'm not that person. But like, once I do know their birthday, I like, and I don't ask, I just like, let it happen. Like with my friends and stuff, like, yeah. I'm not going to ask you, I'm not going to be that girl. But once I find out, I'm like, my brain is working. I'm like, hmm, yeah. Like and every time I know the zodiac signs to avoid friendship and relationships like I know like man the human design like I haven't really like figured that one out yet that's a lot mm-hmm. harder but like I know what to avoid and it's just really funny yeah. like that and well like they can come to me for reading and it's fine <laughs> you just like the, and I'll do the deep reading and then you'll know for sure but all right got the, it <laughs> yeah for the great life experimenter I love that one because like my like my dad for example he's done a lot of different things in his life and like he's felt kind of down about himself in his life because he hasn't like like oh I should have stayed with that like I should have done this and it's like oh the great life experimenter the three five profile is not supposed to be tied to anything they're not supposed to put a label on like oh like for you like I finished law school now I have to be a lawyer like now I have to do it like no like you experienced that for a reason who knows? I don't know. Like you're supposed to like taste test and try all these different things out in your life. And that's just who you are. There's no good or bad to it. It's just like general about it. Like it's not like a good or a bad thing. It's just like, you're supposed to try a ton of different things and some will work and some won't work. And like, that's okay. That's just your profile. Yeah. And, and I've always been that way. And it's like, I, and I, and I said, I wasn't going to leave law school because I wasn't going to be a quitter because I regret now as an adult that I quit dancing as I quit at seven, at 16. I stayed mm-hmm. dancing in high school one more year, mm-hmm. but competitively I quit a year early and I regret it uh-huh. to this day. I, I'm actually helping with dance team auditions for one of my, like a girl that I used to dance with. She coached that yeah. at middle school at her K through eight. And I'm helping with auditions this week. Cause like, I miss it so much. And I want to be a part of that world again. I can't wait to now that I'm home, take classes yeah. for fun at my old studio. And I regretted so much that I quit. So I wasn't going to quit law school because I knew I would regret it 10 years from now. And I right. also knew that I was never going to go back. Like if I didn't finish it now, I was never right. going to go back. And now looking right. at this, I'm like, this makes so much sense. And like, yeah, right. I, I don't know if I will practice law forever. I probably won't. And that's okay. But if the world is like, you know, like you did it, you're supposed to do like this, this, and this, like, this is how you become successful. And it's like, that has never been me. And thankfully my parents are okay with it, but it's really hard sometimes when like society says like, this is like, these are the the benchmarks. These are the goalposts you have to hit. And I'm like, right. I don't know what's going on. I'm just kind of going with the flow here. And (laughs) it's okay. And I think like, too, the thing is like, what I find amazing is like, we tend to like, if you're, let's say going through law school or, or doing the thing or like me in LA, like trying, 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 you know, it's like at that season, at that moment, it seems like it needs to happen right now, or it's never going to happen instead of taking into account that like, okay, I'm doing this right now. And like, maybe one day it'll come full circle because a lot of things in my life have come full circle again, like you with dance, like, right. Like you quit it and you were like, damn, like I quit. Like I should have never quit. Cause I really miss that. Look what you're doing now. If you hadn't have danced period to begin with, you wouldn't be coming back to where you are now and being able to help other people and like have that experience again. And it's full circle. 
So you always kind of end back where you started from with your why, like we talked about, like your why always goes back to that root. You, I don't care where you are. I think by default, by nature, it ends up happening. So like, I know I'm going to be back in LA at some point. I know I'm going to be doing those things again because I know it's who I am, but I have let go of, because I'm not a specific manifester, how I'm going to get there. I've let it go. I know it's there. And I know that I'm doing what lights me up. Yeah. From my sacral. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's just crazy like learning about this. Like it makes it makes so much sense. And yeah, it just it's funny. Like everything really does come back full circle. And like even with friendships or relationships, like six months, a year, two, three years later, I'll look back at certain situations or relationships or things that happen. I'm like, oh yeah, like that was meant to happen that way. Like I I, I wouldn't I if I had stayed with that person, I probably wouldn't be with them right. anymore but I gained right. this from it or whatever. So it's just, it's crazy. Like how, you know, it really, everything really just does make sense. And sometimes it, it, it sounds crazy, but it's like, there is a blueprint. There is a roadmap. There is something else out there that is guiding right. us. And we just have to sometimes like we can manifest certain things like for me, like specifically, or sometimes I have to learn to just let go and like, let mm-hmm. my gut tell me when to do something or when to not do something. Right. And and with law school, like we are literally taught logic. Like you have to be a critical thinker. Think right. logically. I'm not that person. I can be, and I'm good at it. Yeah. But I'm also, I'm a gut person. I'm an emotional person. I, right. I let, you know, I've always said before I discovered this, I was like, I get vibes from people. I get I energy. Like I'm not an empath at all, but like, I get this vibe from someone that like, mm, this isn't working for me. And I, and like people are sometimes you cut people off too early, but it's like, no, like I, when, when the vibe is gone, like, or what's something's not right here. Like I'm just, I'm ready to like. Well, you off. also have an undefined like um spleen, which is your instinct center. And because it's undefined for you, you're able to easier, like you're more vulnerable to open and open to picking up like the stuff around you in that area, which is your instinct, which is your fight or flight. Like mm, the vibe's not right. Like, um, mm, is this me? Is this not me? Like I need to leave. Like, so that makes sense too with you. Oh, interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. Like I'm that girl. Like I, I, and, and we were talking about like friend groups earlier. Like I, one of the reasons why I have secretly liked that I'm not a friend group person is like when I want to leave from a party or something, I just leave. Like I'll tell someone I'm leaving but like, I'm out of here. I don't need right. to stay because of somebody else. Right. I, and, you know, not always safe as a woman, but like I do. And I, I will let somebody know that I got home, even if they weren't out or even knew I was out, I will let somebody else know, Hey, I've I was out, made it home too. because I just, when the vibe's not right, when I'm over it, I'm over it. And I've learned that if I force myself to stay because I should, or because I think I should, or because I think I want to, I end up having a worse time. Right. And so it actually happened. Like I was seeing someone for a brief time and a couple things happened. And I was like, mm, I'm not feeling this anymore. Like, I don't know if like this makes me bitchy for wanting to end it. But like, I just, my friend was like, give it another day or two. But like, if you're still feeling that way, just like end it. And I was like, all right, you're right. I, I did. And like, I feel so much better. But in the past, I would have stayed hoping that it would work out like I'm not like I'm not going to try to change them like that's not what I mean but like I would have stayed hoping that you know right it would work itself out and it's like it wasn't going to clearly it was never going to right but now I'm more in touch with myself and realize like 
these are my you know, I'm just, I I'm think like the beauty of human design is like, I think like a lot of people right now and in our age group are trying to like rediscover themselves and like listen to their intuition again. And human design is like, not like, like some people, like you're not supposed to like be like, oh my God, like, because I feel this way, like, this is why, like, I think it's a great tool because I think when people start want wanting to start like get back into their intuition again, they're very confused about where to start. Like some people meditation doesn't do it for them or this or that doesn't do it for them. Human design is so great because it gives you just a little bit of specific guidance for yourself on where to begin on that journey and to learn how you work in in finding that, in, in tuning into that gut in your intuition again. Yeah. It's funny. I like looking at, like I, there's some of the ones that I don't know what they mean, but I would love like, I just, I'm so genuinely interested in like learning more about this. Cause I yeah. think now that I have like that guide, it's just, I'm curious. And I've always been a very curious person, but I'm like, what are other things that I haven't been doing the way that I meant to, right. like, how else can I optimize my life? And we talked about this, I think off air, like I want to be surrounded by people who are also in alignment with themselves or want working to be, because we're never, you know, we're, we're always evolving. Done. Yeah. The work is never done. We're always going to keep evolving. And I want to be with people who want to keep evolving. I'm, I I don't like stagnation and I get frustrated when it's not working for me. Like now I know that I literally get frustrated, but that's why I've always gotten frustrated with other people because it's like when I see potential for them, but they don't see it for themselves and I can't help them. I get frustrated and I have to leave because it's hurting me. It's bringing me down. Now I know that now it's hurting you. Now I, now I, now I have an actual explanation for it. I've always done that, but you know, like I want to be around people in friendship in work in relationships that are in evolution, constantly evolving, wanting to better themselves. And that doesn't necessarily right. mean therapy doesn't always mean, you know, meditation. It's just like, they, they, they're willing to look inward every once in a while and reevaluate. Is this they're this curious. They're curious. They're curious. Curiosity about is so important to me. Yeah. And, and that that was literally why I ended it with this person because they just they were very vanilla and like you can take that in the different ways you think and that's true too but like it was just like they were very like satisfied not satisfied but they were very like comfortable with the way that they've always done things that's and like the hardest, they yeah and and that's like and they're like yeah that this is like what I've always done this is what I like and like I don't really have I don't want to see it in other ways like I'm, I'm cool right. with this and it's like but I want more like I yeah. need more it's not just a want yeah. I need it and if right. you can't give me that then this isn't gonna go anywhere and I even said it that night and he was like well okay I don't and then the next day I was like and I sent him something that I saw about that and he liked it he didn't even respond he just like liked it on Instagram like a dm and I was like awesome and then I sent I texted my friend I was like okay what do I do like this is just not she's like just if you still feel that way tomorrow just end it and I was like all right I'm going to because like I I have to like I just know that I'm never going to be satisfied right right and if I already know this a month in why am I going to continue like sometimes it takes a little longer sometimes it's quicker but it's just like you know I know that deep down like that's just I'm not gonna I'm never gonna get what I want and and it's not just a want it's a need I need that curiosity and Mm -hmm. all all types of curiosity and like I'm like beating around the bush because I'm having an uh, I'm recording an episode about 
sex and intimacy with someone else. Like I want to touch more about it, but that's what I'm talking about for anyone who yeah. didn't get that. But <laughs> like, and, and I'm a little, like my dad listens to this. So dad, turn off that episode when it comes up, please. Um, but you know, like it's, it's hard. I was like, yeah, this is just not, not it for me. And now that I have people in my life that I can freely talk about those types of things with, it helps me so much more because it's like that curiosity, not only is it peaked, but it's also like parts of it is satisfied. It's like, I'm not crazy for wanting things. Like it's okay no. to want these things. Other people do it too. It's yeah. okay. And having people in my life that are interested in those things and I can like talk about them and like explore that part of me is I'm becoming more in tune with who I am and I'm becoming yeah. more aligned in myself. And like, that's all I want. I want yeah. people who are curious and who are willing to, to constantly be evolving and in right. friendships, relationships and work and everything. And Every it's cool. Every single day, like who, how can I better myself than the person I was yesterday? How can I be better than who I was yesterday? What's one thing I can do today? You know, like I love people like that. And it's like so hard because being in LA, like people are very much more open-minded there and being like a lot more creatives out there. And like, I've been back and forth now in Michigan and like, it's the opposite here. Yeah, you know what <laughs> I'm I mean? sure. Like it's very closed-minded in a lot of senses in terms of like, people have lived just in the same area and the same place for so much of their lives that like they don't even know that like there's other stuff out there or there's more to learn right like it's just not as exciting I guess yeah I'm very grateful that like my family like my dad more so than my mom but like if I learned something that day or like I'm curious when I'm like oh I, I you know what I learned today? Like, or they, you want to know something I learned today? And they're like, when they're like, I tell them, I'm like, oh, that's cool. Like they'll ask me questions. They'll be curious about it. My dad is also more curious. That's where I get it from. So like uh-huh. we can have like these like deep intellectual, my mom's like, all right, I'm out. Like, I don't yeah. know what's going on anymore. It only takes so, so long. Like, she, she'll be there for a little while. She's like, all right, sounds cool. Like want to be at the dinner table. I want to be a part of the car. So she's like, all right, I'm done. Like I'm over this. Is she, do you know her type? I don't, but it's funny. We, we are born the exact same day okay and just different location different time so we uh, but our, our charts are like astrology wise like I don't I don't know like her date and her the time of birth I need to find out okay. when she was born so I could look up both but yeah. we're both Sagittarius so like literally we're just constantly butting heads because we're yeah. very strong stubborn people right and my dad my dad's a Leo so you would it's just a lot of chaos mm-hmm. but my dad he like 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 lions do like they they only like assert themselves when they feel they need to right. like they're kind of like all right I'm gonna let you two figure it out like but yeah. like if you like think of like you know nature like even Lion King like they'll let the cubs fight it out or the, the women fight it out and the lion will roar when he needs to like right. that's literally my dad <laughs> he lets us go <laughs> at it and he's like yeah. all right we're done yeah. all right you've had enough let's go yeah I so feel like that's a funny. natural like mother-daughter thing oh yeah but if my dad piques my curiosity I peak his and like we're both willing to just constantly like learn and evolve and my mom is not as much so it's funny but yeah it's just funny how how like once you get to know like these systems for other people it just makes so much sense and like it does. I went I went on a my bar trip I went on with my friend for two weeks in Europe I went for three she was there for two and our she's an Aries um it was like our rising, either our moons or our rising were the same, like, mm-hmm. or I think both. We were yeah. very, very like, our charts were very similar. Yeah. And like our family's charts were very similar to each other's. Like everything just made so much sense. And it was like, 
don't worry, we have our fights and little bickering things. They just like the way we were conditioned, like the way we were brought up. She's also from Michigan, funny enough, like things like that. Like she's doing the big law lawyer thing, the corporate like lifestyle, which I'm not interested in. So we have fights about like little things at times that she talks about. I'm like, I know that's not it for me. So like, I'm just going to like disregard, but like, I have to check myself because it's like, that's who it she's into. Like, I need to like uh, support that. And she, you know, like, so like learning, but it's been, it's a really like cool friendship. Like this is a recent friendship. It's only been a month and a half. She's the the friend that I asked. I'm like, should I end it? Like, I, I, I don't know. And she's like, you know, you're not satisfied. Like, just like end it. It's okay. Cause we had right. on that trip, like we just, because we were so much in alignment and so in other ways, not even on that level, like just like literally like spiritually, I guess, or just like, you know, just the way we are meant to be. And it, that, that makes sense. It was, it was just, I don't know. I love learning about like other people and how it all like, and I right. want to surround myself with the right kinds of people in that sense too. So I just, mm-hmm. I love learning about that but how did you get into human design like how did you first was it like something you learned while you were in LA or it's like this like you learning about yourself like I'm always curious I think yeah I kind of was like I like I said I was really into kind of like because I had had um hypothyroidism Hashimoto's which is an autoimmune disease so I was always kind of into like supplements and learning about that and alternative healing and then when I was kind of at a darker time in LA, I started kind of just playing with meditation here and there. And just the power of that, of just turning my brain down for even 10 minutes a day, because it was always talking to me and go, go, go. Just like the healing, I could just slowly seeing take place with that. And then human design came in. It's kind of funny because, you know, when we talk about the law of attraction and how like when you put when you put something little out there, more of it will actually just naturally find you. And just things started dropping in and I'd like hear something or see something. And I think I was listening to a podcast and human design got brought up on the podcast. And I was like, what is that? And so like I Googled it and found my chart and like, like you, I just kind of like read it a little bit. And I was like, I need to know more about this, you know, like this is crazy, right? This makes so much sense. Cause at that time I was still in a darker place and trying to get back to that five-year-old me, that free imaginative person. Cause you know, I'm in a creative field. And if your imagination is turned off, you're not going to do the work you need to do or, or be at your best. And so that was my main goal. I need to get that imagination opened up again so I can so I can act and commit myself. And so through human design, I was able to like pinpoint what was really going on with me and where I could change the way I was thinking about things and tune back in to myself again. And so, yeah, I think I just found it like on a podcast, but it's funny how all these things kind of everyone's like healing journey, awareness journey is so unique and that you find things at the right time for yourself they come to you you don't have to seek them out right like you don't google like how to find myself again how to raise my awareness again like you can't do that like it's gonna be so organic to you personally and that's like the beauty of it it's amazing yeah. no and, and I it's funny I'm about to say this and like my listeners know I say this in almost every episode but 
everything really does just happen for a reason. And you I know it's so cliche, to, but it's so true. But I say it in every episode because yeah. everybody's story, like deep down, it just that it's the truth. You know, I would not be who I am today had I not gone through everything that I have gone through, good, bad, ugly, mm-hmm. everything. Like same for you. Like it just you know, it's just crazy. Like you said, like well, you can't Google this and like make it work for you. It's just, yeah. If, if you're meant to start becoming an alignment, it'll, the signs will start presenting, the opportunities will start presenting mm-hmm. themselves to you. And you're just going to be at that point in your life, be like, hmm, I'm going to lean into that. Your only job is to be aware enough of it. Like you have to be looking for the little details and nuances and then take action about them because you know, every single day, if you, if you have your blinders on, you're going to miss the signs. You're going to miss the little roadmap, you know, things along the way, the twists and turns that you should take the little signs to take. But all you have to do is be aware and sit in the passenger seat. That person helped me. Right. And they were telling their story of when they were in their dark time and how it helped them. And never in a million years would I have thought that I would be on podcasts like your show. Now I'm talking about it, helping others, how it got me out of it. Right. So it's these little things. Someone's going to hear this. Someone's going to hear one of your episodes and it's, it's going to resonate. Something's going to resonate with them. And it's just this beautiful chain reaction. Yeah. And so I have something about that, but like backtrack a couple seconds ago when you said, you know, there's just, there's going to be signs and you have to be in the passenger seat and like everyone's signs are going to look different. Like you can't like we talked about like the signs that happened for us that helped us get there. Like they might be the same. They might be different. You just have to be, like you said, self-aware enough, a little bit enough to like, be like curious about it, honestly. Mm-hmm. And, and it's hard I, for me personally, I know to be in the passenger seat of my life sometimes. Like mm-hmm. I want to, you know, be doing and making things happen. And, and I, one of my, Oh, this, I was going to bring this up a while ago and I forgot, like, I wanted, like, I used to try so hard, like my best friend in law school, like, and he, I've referenced him many times on this podcast. Like he, I remember one time he was like, why do you care so much? Like those people do not like themselves. Like they don't even like each other. Why do you so badly want to be friends with them? Like you're not, they're not, you're not meant for them to like you. It's Mm -hmm. okay. Why are you trying so hard? Like, Mm -hmm. I love you, but you need to stop trying so hard. Right. And and that was like shocking to me. It's like, what do you mean? Like, I feel like I'm not doing enough. Like, I feel like I have to be doing all these different things and it's never where he's like, well, then stop. Take a step back. And this was like, I want to say this was like four or five months before I started my podcast. So like the next big conversation him and I had was like the name of my podcast, like coming to us and like being a light bulb moment. But, and I've shared that story too, but it was like, He's like, why do you care so much? Like, why do you so badly want to belong? Like, you're not meant to. That's okay. Like, I don't love you any less. Like, the right people aren't going to love you any less because you aren't part of the popular girlfriend group. Like, they don't even like each other. Relax. They're not even thinking about you. Like, they're thinking about themselves. And the truth is, is like every single person, that's how we're built. We're built to think about our needs all day long. So I used to think that way a lot too. Like, what are they thinking about me? Like, oh my God, I just went to this casting. They're going to be talking about whatever, whatever, whatever. And it's like, they don't even, they're not even thinking about you. And also too, I think going back to talking about everyone's journey being different. I think when you want to sometimes like 
I wanted other people in my life to have the experiences I was having and like wanting them to see the signs and like for their life to have the same evolution I was having. And it's like, that's what can be really frustrating sometimes is it's like every person is going to turn on their awareness at their own time and at their own speed. Like you might think you're seeing the signs for them and trying to get them, but you can't make them see the signs. Just like stay in your lane. Yeah. No, it's so true. Like, and and that goes with how we've talked about this before too, like in dating and relationships, addiction, like mental health, like they have to want it for themselves and you can help illuminate the path for them a little bit, but they have to be self-aware enough, like you said, to realize like, oh, this is a sign I'm going to take it. And it's mm-hmm. hard to not get frustrated when, yeah, like you, you know that this is right for them, but they're not ready yet. Yeah. And that's but okay. Some, something will resonate somewhere along the line. Something will happen to resonate with them, but it's not anyone's job of theirs to Yeah. And it's out. hard sometimes too, when it could happen when you're not friends with them anymore, because it just wasn't working and you had to protect your own energy and you might walk away for your own self. And then you realize five years later, like, oh, they did do the work. And you might, you might reach out, they might reach out, you know, make amends and build a different friendship, or Mm -hmm. you may not, but you may be know that like they did it. And like, you just have to be happy for them. And like, looking back, like, you know, I would, I would never would have thought that I would reach back out to certain people and apologize or like, just let them know, like, Hey, I was thinking about this. And like, I recognize now, like why that had to happen, even though it hurt when it happened. Right. And like, you know, I did that recently, like this guy who really hurt me big time. Yeah. I reached out and I was like, I'm sorry for acting the way that I acted. I recognize now that this wouldn't have worked out. And I'm glad yeah. that we ended it when we did. And I'm sorry that I took it the way that I did. But like, I'm in a much better place now. And I hope if I run into you out at a bar or a club one day, like we can say hi. It's yeah. ne- we're never going to, it's never going to happen. That time that ship sailed, but like we're friends. And like my ex, like my first boyfriend ever, I don't know if I've ever shared this story, but he and I, like we were on and off, like we had no business being together. Like we thought mm-hmm. it was popular. We wanted so badly to be in love, but like we weren't and there was nothing there, but we will always have like a special, like his birthday was the other day and I sexed him happy birthday. Like, yeah. you know, I will all, we will always have a soft spot for each other because we did live a lot of life together. We made a lot of mistakes and we both learned from them together but it was the season. Yeah. And, but we were, you know, I was 15, he was 14 or 16 and 15. I don't know when I was a year older. I don't know what I was a sophomore Mm -hmm. and he like, we were very on and off, hot and cold up and down. There's just, we had no business being together. And then we like, that happened all the way up until college. And I vividly remember like he was playing at a Juco baseball pitcher and you know he made it big time I mean Juco but like he made it big like he was big like big man on campus like girls parties this that he got into drugs and I and I one of my deal breakers now is drugs like that's a hard no for me but even weed like just like none at all don't can't do it won't do it but and and this is part of it is this is why like he changed and I knew he that wasn't him anymore but like no matter how much we fought and like I begged him like he wasn't ready to hear it now he did but only because he blew out his arm his mm-hmm. career is over but he got a staph infection on top of it so literally like four staph infections in a row they couldn't heal it he almost died on the table yeah and 
I vividly remember. So like I had basically sent him to hell like December, 2017. Kid you not. I was like, December, 2017? December. Yeah. December 2017. I like sent him to hell. I was like, we're done. Can't do this. Like I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. A year and a half later, it's January, 2019. I'm in Key West on my brother's lacrosse game, like a lacrosse tournament. I had just graduated from college. I get a text from this number and I didn't have it saved. I have his number memorized from since like seven, eight years ago. So I, it took me a second, but I recognized it was him. And I was like, why are you texting me? Like, we're no, we're not doing this. And then I, and I still hadn't read it. I just like the number like read, like clicked. And I was like, oh no, we're not doing this. And I looked at it again and I, it was like an essay and I read it and I was like, holy shit. Like he was making amends. He, yeah. he, he, he almost died. And uh-huh. his biggest regret at that point was that he treated me the way he treated me. And he, he thought he was never going to be able to apologize. And he was like, I'm pretty sure you never want to hear from me again. And like, you have every right to hate me, but I just needed to say, I'm sorry. And like, if you could ever get lunch or dinner with me, like, I would just love to apologize in person. And we did. Yeah. And it, and it was right when I had just ended it, like, I basically got out of an abusive relationship before it got abusive and that had just happened. And, and I, I was like, it was just like weird timing. And I like, yeah. I told him about that situation and he was like, and, and it had a lot of the makings of like what was going on with him yeah. back then. And it was like, he was like, I like, where is he? Like, I'll go fuck him up for you. Like, I'm sorry. No one's treating you like that. Like yeah. all these things. And I was like, you know what had happened, but like, I got out, I'm better for it now. Cause I got out of it and like mm-hmm. getting out of it with you helped me realize the signs and like it, everything really does just happen for a reason. It and, does. Like, and sometimes like he, and he was on a, on the path of healing himself and making himself better and figuring out what he wanted because his whole life changed. He didn't have baseball anymore. Like what was right. the next chapter for him? And he had a new lease on life because he survived. Right. And so like, it was just really cool. Like, you know, sometimes you'll connect with them again to make amends sometimes you won't but you'll see them doing better and you're you're you'll yeah. be happy for them you'll be proud of them and like yeah. we'll text each other happy birthday sometime every once in a while like we'll like have a like a long chat like catch up just like there's no part of us that ever will be together again but like we'll always have that love for each other in a different way now yeah and and like I don't know it's just it's nice like you you know sometimes life life has a funny way of working out and like it it also happens when you least expect it and like you just have to be you have to be open to the signs like you said but it's hard to staying open and staying curious yeah it's hard to not be in the driver's seat all the time but right sometimes you have to let go and and let it happen but this was so much fun I'm so glad we got to have this conversation where can everyone find you your podcast shout it out and what can they expect on your podcast yeah, so you can find me on Instagram at Kara Reitz, and then you can find me also on Instagram at AOWS Health and AOWS Studio. AOWS Studio is my kind of graphic design and art and photography page. And then AOWS, Art of Wellness Society Health, is where I talk about all things health and wellness and um, talk about my podcast on there. And then my podcast is the art of wellness society on Apple and Spotify. And my podcast is basically just about curating your life, like the work of art that it is. Every person's life I believe is a work of art. I know that sounds super cliche, but like every choice we make, we're painting a picture of our life. And 
on there. I'm going to have a lot of wellness experts and people on there in the wellness and health field, and then also artists and creatives, because I believe that art and wellness are one and the same in order to create a life we want to live and in order to create beautiful bodies of work, you have to take care of yourself and be in alignment. So yeah, that sounds amazing. I will link everything in the show notes. Thank you so much, Kara, for coming Great. on the podcast. Thank you.